Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts. Leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up? What's up, everybody? Ricky Whitmer here along with Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And welcome into the Primetime Podcast here on Most Valuable Podcast. Thank you guys for joining us, whether you are doing so on Blog Talk Radio or if you are listening to us on YouTube. We had a great show this week, Brandon, but this week in college football was kind of, I don't want to say a boring week, but after all the upsets we had two weeks ago, this one was like, oh, let's just stay to the plan. Stay to the plan. Nothing's going to change. All the all the teams that are supposed to win are going to win. I, I think that that pretty much happened all the way down the line, except for probably the first significant game of the week, which is when Houston beat Louisville 36-10. Oh, you're, you're, you're telling me the game where Dave Oster, who is friends with all of us, is like, oh, well, well I, I called that game. I called it. No, you didn't. You told me beforehand, ah, just put me down for all the upsets. So you can't say you called it if you're just picking upsets to pick upsets. That, that's but, how Dave calls it, though. That's how he's able yeah, to say well, he called it on and, a lot of different games. And we know Dave. If he somehow gets it right, even if he didn't directly call it, he's going to take credit for it. Big but time. Oh, yeah. We, we got a jam-packed show for you guys. We're going to be talking about the Texas Longhorns firing Charlie Strong. Or I thought that's what happened. I th- Thought he was gone last night. He's I still there, and, and uh, sounds like they're waiting until the season's over to evaluate everybody. And we're, we're going to dive. So what's in, going on there? We're going to dive into that whole situation. We're also going to take a look at the Michigan Ohio State game and how uh, that could have implications on both the college football playoff and the Big Ten title game. That will obviously implications for the playoff too. And then we're going to look into Oklahoma, and Brandon will share a little snippet of information that he shared to both Sean and I on his Twitter today about the Oklahoma Sooners and their college football playoff chances as we get to the end of the season. But Brandon, we're going to start in Austin with the Longhorns. And like we mentioned, this was a kind of sticky situation where it was like yesterday I saw breaking Charlie Strong fired on my phone and I thought right away, boom, that's the first topic. This is the first topic that we talk about today. And then I kind of heard like, oh, well, he's fired, but he's going to finish out the season. Then I heard, no, he's not fired. We're going to evaluate him at the end of the year. What do you think is going on in Austin right now? I'll tell you what. I don't I don't know, and I don't think they know. I think that that's the problem, is that there's so much uncertainty, is that the fact that the media is coming out and saying this Someone within the Texas Longhorn organization, Mm -hmm. obviously, is leaking to the media. Something's happening. But then when you have the athletic director come out and say, no, no, we are waiting until the end of the season to evaluate the entire coaching staff, that's a big problem. It's a big issue. And that means that you got some you got some problems within your organization. Uh, somebody's doing it, whether it's whether it's coaches, whether it's staff members. You know, somebody is doing this, and that's that's a big problem. And, and I think that it's a it's a it's a problem that you need to go away really quickly. But the the thing is though, is that you know, poor Charlie Strong. Then you know, has he has he been successful at Texas? No, he's not. He's not been successful at Texas. No, he hasn't. I mean, come on. You can't just because you think he's a good guy, you cannot say that he's been successful. He has a losing record. That's what I was looking at. Like it's one of those things where it's like has he done good things? Yes, but when you look at 16 of 20 and 12 of 14 in the Big 12, you can't say that he's done a good job. He's got a really good group of guys that support him. So he has done something very well. He has been there for his players. He has been there for them. And they are now there for him. But unfortunately, 
so many times players cannot save a coach, mm-hmm. and they won't. If there is a decision that needs to be made, it will be made, and the reason being is because who are the people that ultimately pull the strings? I think the higher ups, the alumni, mm-hmm. the alumni that will pay the big money, and that will not pay the big money if things aren't happening the way they want it to be happening. That's that's who I think ultimately is going to be pulling the strings. It's those big time boosters that they want to keep happy there in Texas or anywhere in any program. But right now, Charlie Strong is probably not the guy that they want because there's been no no consistent winning, just consistent mediocre to poor seasons. Mm-hmm. And that's got to change. And I, I think that, unfortunately, Charlie Strong, as good of a guy as he may be, Mm-hmm. His record does not. It's not going to save him. It's not going to save him, and his his good personality will also not save him because the record is so poor. Well, and I mean the first thing I want to touch on is kind of like what you mentioned at the beginning. Obviously, there's a problem here. If the media gets word that a they're going to fire Charlie Strong, of course the ink is going to hit the paper. Papers are hitting the presses. Well, now it's more like the posts are hitting the internet. And it's one of those things where I immediately think of after everything that went down today with the, oh, well, no, 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 that's not true. We're going to reevaluate me being the kind of person I am and kind of thinking like, okay, what could be going on to me? Either one of two things is going on. Either you have somebody in that discussion in the room where they're making the decision, leaking the information that is coming out, or on the flip side, in that discussion, there are two sides. There are the keep Charlie Strong camp and the fire Charlie Strong camp. And maybe the fire Charlie Strong camp said, hey, if we leak it and we say that we're going to fire him, it's going to put the keep Charlie Strong camp in a little bit or put them in a little bit of uh, hot water, per se, where it's like, oh, well, now what are you going to do? Now, do I want to think that that's happening? No. Do you want to think that somebody is leaking information? No. But my first question is, how did the media, how did the media get contact of this news? Somebody had to tell them. And the one thing that I do think is happening and I would put my money on is they're going to get rid of Charlie Strong at the end of the year. And they wanted to fire him after the Kansas game. But this is probably the conversation that went on. We lost to Kansas? Yeah. L- let's fire Charlie. But wait, who's 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 going to coach the rest of the season? Ah, fuck, you're right. Let's keep him on. Let's keep him on. We'll say we'll reevaluate at the end of the season. Really, they just want to keep him on for the end of the year because they don't want a situation like LSU. LSU was able to do that early in the year because, A, they had Ed Orgeron, who already had that head coaching experience. And this Texas team that we have seen, they're not the they're not the strongest mentally. They are a fragile team when it comes to the players. Like the boycotting thing that you've heard about now where Charlie Strong had to address it in his press conference, we had stuff like this early in the year. We had stuff like this, like game two into the year with this team. So to me, I think the question needs to be pointed at who's at fault here over these three years. Is it Charlie Strong or is it the Texas Longhorns? Because the Texas Longhorns to me right now are kind of like, I'm going to say kind of like the New York Yankees where you had fucking for the Yankees, you had Joe Torre. As your manager for how many years? Once Joe Torre leaves, you get Joe Girardi. Now the Yankees have kind of been not as great as they once were. Same thing with Texas. You lose Mac Brown, you bring in the new guy, Charlie Strong, and the team hasn't been as good as what they were. Are people blaming Joe Girardi in the MLB? No. They're blaming the the front office for the moves that they're making. So... To me, I think the discussion needs to be with this is, do you put the blame on Charlie Strong or do you put the blame on the AD at Texas and the Board of Trustees? 
That's where I think the conversation needs to be. I put the blame on Mike Perrin, the athletic director at Texas. He came out with a statement that said this, quote, there are a number of rumors out there about the status of Charlie Strong, Perrin said. Continuing, quote, I've said it all along. We will evaluate the body of work after the regular season. We have a game to get ready for on Friday, and I hope our fans will come out and support our team. We'll discuss where things stand after that, end quote. Now, Ricky, mm-hmm. you got you to gotta listen to the one line I think that's really important. And I hope our fans will come out and support our team. I believe he wants to make it seem that... Oh, forget about everything. We want the fans to come out and support us and really come and bring a good base. Mm-hmm. Why? To sell tickets. Mm-hmm. Because then, so that he can have this facade that Charlie Strong, he's going he's gonna to still be the coach. He's going to be coaching against TCU. He's going to be the coach. And then, boom, after that, gone. I, 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 I think it's, I, I, maybe I'm reading too much into it, and I probably am, but I almost think it's kind of a... Uh, I don't know. I almost think it's kind of a, a, a sleazy comment. And I, I think that he, he did not directly address the fact that these rumors have come out about Charlie Strong. Where'd they come from? He does not ex- he does not mm-hmm. talk about that. He does not say that. He does not straightforward say that. And I think that I think that that's a problem. And I think that it's wrong. You've done a disservice to your head coach. And you don't look good, and I I think that it's it's really terrible. I mean, the the as as I read that quote to you on the right side of the page, it says report Texas will hire will fire head coach Charlie Strong. I I I just the the media gets this information and they go with it, and this is SB Nation that they're putting it on, and. I just, I just, I feel like it's just such a disservice to Charlie Strong, a guy who has tried while he's been there and has endured a lot of, a lot of turmoil. Mm-hmm. And I think that the least that you could do is that if you are going to get rid of him, let him go and, and let him go with some pride, with some honor, because I think that that's what he's at least given to your program. I think he has tried the, the, you know, the, Student athletes, there's been there's been some ups and downs with them over his three years, but I think for him to still be there, coaching that team, and having reports about him being fired, and then already talking about who they're going to be pursuing, that's wrong. That's so wrong. Well, and one thought, two thoughts that I'm having in my head is. To go back to just a real snippet of, to me, in college football, the Texas Longhorns are almost like, it would either be the Longhorns or the Trojans are like the New York Yankees of college football. They have a winning history. They had a great coach in my childhood that was there forever, Mac Brown and Joe Torrey. And then also you look at, the Longhorns and the Yankees both have their own television networks. And to me, the Longhorns are a brand. And if the brand isn't popular and isn't winning, it's not making money. It's not good if the brand is losing games and it's down there. And the thing that I'm thinking now is maybe Charlie Strong is the... Lane Kiffin to the Texas Longhorns. And I know Lane Kiffin was there three full seasons and then left that fourth season at USC, but that's a similar situation. Lane Kiffin comes in after Pete Carroll leaves at USC. He had a little bit better seasons winning-wise than Charlie Strong had at Texas, but the difference there is I feel like recruits – I feel like recruits wanted to play at USC, not just for Pete Carroll, but because it's USC. Because you're going to LA. You're fucking, you get everything. You get Hollywood just for being there. 
the Longhorns, the biggest draw that they had was Mac Brown. And I'm I want to go play for Mac Brown because I know with Mac Brown, I have a shot to win the Big Twelve and fight for a national title. I mean, he'd been there. He with Colt McCoy, they went there and I know they lost to they they lost to Alabama, but went there with Colt McCoy, went there with Vince Young. Mac Brown leaves, and I think that the big thing was recruiting, and the brand couldn't pull in recruits for Charlie Strong like it could for a Mac Brown. And I think in this whole situation, Charlie Strong is getting the short end of the stick. However, I think it might be best for Charlie Strong to get fired and go somewhere else. To go somewhere else, because the thing that I was looking at today, the big, my biggest issue with this Charlie Strong football team since he went to Texas, never had a consistent quarterback. He never had a consistent quarterback. His first year, it was Swoops. Then Swoops became the backup in 15, and then it was Shane um, Bouchelle this year. So they had three different starting quarterbacks each and every year, whereas you look at his time at Louisville, he had one guy in Froman who was the quarterback, the upperclassman leader that first year in 2010, but then 2011 through 2013, he had Teddy. He had Teddy Bridgewater. He had a consistent quarterback. So to me, I think it might be better for Charlie Strong get fired or leave. I mean, that's an option too. If they're going to say, no, we want you back, he could walk away from it. But the better option would be me to just get out of this situation and go somewhere else and go to a team where you can say, okay, it's to me it's got to be a team that has no problem bringing in a star quarterback. Because that's going to be the right team for Charlie Strong. If he has a strong quarterback that he can rely on, his teams will do well. Because he's going to do well recruiting that defensive talent and building that defense. All he needs is that quarterback. That's all he needs. And he had it in Louisville with Teddy. He had it. I I think that I think that you you've you've got a really good point in saying that it's it's time for Charlie Strong to get out for himself. Change of scenery. I, I think that you know a change of scenery overall for for both parties involved will be good. But I think that again, you know, there could have been a change of scenery that could have been handled in a very professional manner, mm-hmm. whereas this is not. I mean, I, I think that even once. Charlie Strong is gone, which I think many people, I don't think anyone is going to be surprised if Charlie Strong is gone at the end of the season. I think most people would be surprised if he's not, is that once Charlie Strong's gone, I think that leaves questions at the Texas administration of how do you handle your program? How is your program being handled? And how are you going to handle the fallout? Because I think that we're going to see a lot of players be very upset, very angry about Charlie Strong ever either leaving on his own or being fired at the end of the season. And I just think that uh, Texas has a lot of a lot of answering to do to the way that they handle situations. And again, the way that they run their program and and where do they how do they want to be viewed going forward? You're not going to be able to be a really really good program and attract good players if you can't be classy. In the way that you do that, and I think that that's that's a big part because you're looking at you you want players to come in from everywhere. You want to have the best talent, and you're only going to get the best talent if you can give, I, I guess, kind of the the best in return. And if you don't feel like if a if a recruit or a coach doesn't feel like they're going to be respected, if they're going to be felt as though they're getting uh, very good treatment, mm-hmm. they're not going to go there. And I think that this just was not a good situation. I don't think this has been a good situation uh, for quite some time, actually. Uh, last year, I think there would be people who would say Charlie Strong should have been fired at the end of last season. I actually would probably agree with those people. I think that he probably should have been gone after last year because it just it just didn't seem to be working ever uh, while he was there. Well, and I I don't want to I don't want that to seem like it's Charlie Strong's fault because 
to me in this whole situation, I, I, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that. I, yeah. I want to say that I don't think that I, I don't want to make it seem like his fault. It's his fault either. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like with him, that administration, it just didn't ever seem to mesh well. He never seemed like that was the fit for him, and they certainly made it seem like that on the other side. Well, and the thing that I was getting at, and kind of the one of the last things before we ask the last two questions to wrap all of this up is this isn't if Charlie Strong gets fired it's not his fault to me I just think that the job was too big for Charlie Strong and you might be saying well Ricky you're basically saying he's not good enough for the job no that's not what I'm saying what I'm saying is because of what Texas is the brand that it has become and the winning tradition behind it that I'm Basically, going to put most of it on Mac Brown since 1998 all the way till 2013. He's been the guy, and he's created that winning culture at Texas. It's hard to be a coach that long at one spot while having a record of 158 and 48 at your school, and not be kind of considered one of the reasons why you've been successful. I just think this job was too big and. It had too much light for Charlie Strong. And going forward, I like to me, like I said, I would like if Charlie Strong, like his next job, the first school I thought of, and I'm not saying this is going to happen because I don't think this coach is getting fired and I don't think he's moving at all. If UCLA, if their job was open, I'd hire Charlie Strong in a heartbeat because you're – they call themselves linebacker you. Why not bring in the defensive coach? And you have a quarterback like Rosen. I know he's injured right now, but he's coming back next season. Why not have him paired up with Charlie Strong? You, you've you already seen at Louisville what Charlie Strong can do when he can build the def- recruit a defense, and all he needs is that one quarterback recruit that he can rely on. Like I said, I don't think that's going to happen because – I don't think Jim Moore gets fired. I don't even think he's on the hot seat. I don't even think that job opens up. But I look at some of the possible jobs that could be open. And, I mean, I'm looking at a fan-sided article right now, and they have five of them. And the five that they have is, first one's Western Michigan. I don't like. I don't know if I agree with that, only because I don't know... I don't know if Charlie Strong should try to stick to a Power 5 team or go back to going to a Group of 5 team because Louisville was a Group of 5 team before he made the move to Texas. They have Western Michigan, Notre Dame, Purdue, Minnesota, and Cincinnati. And the two that jump out to me, Brandon, from those five, Purdue only because it is a Big Ten team. However, it's a lower Big Ten team. So if you have a 6-7, and and would actually be really good for Purdue. But if you have a bad season that first year, maybe even that second year, as long as you're winning some games, it's better than what a Purdue fan is used to. So you're not going to be on the hot seat that first year. However, that Notre Dame gig, that's a gig to me that could really... If Brian Kelly gets the axe, that's a job where you might be saying, well, Ricky, you're contradicting yourself because you're saying, well, the Texas job was too big for Charlie Strong, yet you're saying the Notre Dame job would be right for him. The only reason I'm saying that is look at the quarterbacks that Notre Dame has had these last few years. Everett Golson, Deshaun Kaiser, Malik Zaire. This is a school that has the opportunity to find those diamond-in-the-rough quarterback recruits to where they could say, hey, we we got this guy. We recruited this quarterback recruit. Now let's strengthen that defense. And it could be a good thing for Charlie Strong moving forward. And now, Ricky, you were talking about the side of Charlie Strong and where he could go. So I want to just say really quickly, last night when this came out, Right away, 
the reporters jumped on a name who could be landing in Texas. And it's your boy, or one of them. It's not Les Miles, is it? It's not. It's Tom Herman. That would that that'd be interesting. And that's that'd the, be interesting. That's the name that has kept coming up. I mm-hmm. mean, I was looking at all the Texas uh, news articles. Tom Herman's name kept coming up, and uh, they they really seemed to be getting excited about him. But would he leave the job that he has right now? I think with a good Houston Cougar team, because I don't think this year. Where they ended up this year, that's not where he wants to be with that team. He wants to be able to take that team to the playoffs. Tom Herman's an interesting one because he, early in the season, we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, look at him. Look at him go. He can go here. He can go there. He can go over there. And now it's more like, oh, well, he could stay put. And if I'm Tom Herman, if I like it at Houston— Maybe I'm sitting there going, well, big old middle finger to the Big 12. I ain't going to come to join you because you wouldn't let my boys join you. You wouldn't let us come to the party. Oh, but you want me to come to the party? That ain't how it works. You get the whole squad or you get no one at all. That's that's maybe how it plays out. But to me, I've heard three names flown around. Tom Herman, one of them. Les Miles only because Les Miles, whenever a job opens up. That's a Power 5 team. That's a good Power 5 team. Everyone goes, oh, Les Miles. But another one that they threw out on the Dan Patrick show, that Dan Patrick, his opinion was that he stays where he's at for one more year, then eventually comes back to college is Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly was a name that they're like, oh, well, does he leave the NFL, a team he's not doing well with right now in the Niners, to come back to college? I'm kind of on the side of uh, DP, stays one more year with the Niners if they let him, then if another bad year, fine, go back to college. I really think that once Helfrich is fired, they're going to offer that job right back to Chip Kelly, and I think that's the only job that would be perfect for him. For the Longhorns, they need somebody that is, they need somebody that's not going to crumble under the pressure because This is a job where it will break you. It will break you if you are not ready for it. That's why I throw out a Les Miles. Because to me, a Les Miles wouldn't, he wouldn't crumble under the pressure of, oh my God, I have to succeed. Not saying that Tom Herman would, because Tom Herman has been there with Urban Meyer at Ohio State, and he's had success at Houston, but... Charlie Strong hadn't had that success with a Power 5 team. And that's why, to me, Texas is, if they get rid of Charlie Strong, they got to do some thinking. They got to really think long and hard about who they're bringing in because I will say this, it can't be somebody from a group of five that has not had Power 5 experience because the job would be too big for him. But Todd Herman would be an interesting one only because he knows the recruiting game and he'd be able to use that for the Texas Longhorns. But Brandon, before we move on, is there anything, anything that we did not touch with this topic, either Charlie Strong or the Texas Longhorns? I think we covered it all. Well, and that's where you guys come in. You guys let us know down below whether you're on Blog Talk Radio or YouTube. Let us know down below in the comments section what you guys think. What's next for Charlie Strong? What is next for the Texas Longhorns? And what do you think is going to happen? Is he fired? Is he not? Who gives a crap? Let us know down below in the comment section. We're going to move on, though, to a game with some big implications this weekend as, Brandon, it's finally here. After all this time, after all this talk, the game that we have been looking forward to in the Big Ten is finally here. The Michigan Wolverines going into the horseshoe in Columbus to play the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I say this one has big implications because not only does the winner go to the Big Ten title game, but the winner keeps their college playoff hopes alive. 
Yeah, they absolutely do. This is huge. I'm actually surprised that this game is at 11 a.m. on ABC. I thought this would have been like the the nightcapper on ESPN, mm-hmm. but uh, it's not. But no, this is huge. Uh, this game is really, really big uh, because, like you said, the winner, it is it is really win or go home here. It, it truly is because if Ohio State is to lose this game, they are cooked. They're cooked. If Michigan is to lose this game, they've got a chance. They have a chance. The game is much bigger for Ohio State. I I would I'm gonna agree with you, but I am gonna disagree with you on one thing. Whoever loses is cooked. No matter who wins is cooked. And it all I mean, we're recording this on Monday, so it's a little bit difficult to see how the college football playoff shakeup is going to happen this week. But I don't think there's much change this week, all, all because most of the teams won. With Ohio State being at two, the interesting thing will be if Ohio State wins, they would stay at two. Obviously, Michigan would fall out of the top four. But if Penn State beats Michigan State, Penn State would go to the Big Ten title game, Ohio State wouldn't. And it would become one of those things of would the would the winner of this game, if it is Ohio State, is there a chance that the winner of this game doesn't go to the college football playoff? And the only way that would happen is if Ohio State wins, doesn't play for the conference title, and then doesn't go to the doesn't go to the college football playoff? Like is is that is that a chance? Like in your head, if Ohio State wins ha- and doesn't play for the conference title, because how the tiebreakers work is, if Michigan wins, Michigan gets in. They're going to play for the Big Ten title game. If Ohio State wins, because they lost to Penn State, they would need Michigan State to beat Penn State. So there is a chance that Penn State wins. At home against Michigan State, Ohio State, who's ranked higher, wins against Michigan, and Penn State gets the tiebreaker and plays for the Big Ten title game over Ohio State. Ricky, I'll tell you what, that that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me uh, because I would still look at it as as it is in most other Mm -hmm. uh, sports. uh, (laughs) When you have the better overall record, you win. You and do better. You go farther. That's how it usually works. That really actually confuses the heck out of me. Uh, but I, I think that uh, that's, yeah, that certainly puts more intensity, uh, I think, on it. Well, I think it just puts it just puts more. I still think it puts more intensity on, on, on Ohio State. Well, I think it puts more pressure on Ohio State to win this game because if they don't win, they there is nothing left for them. Well, and the reason why I say when I said I disagreed with you that both teams, if they lose, are cooked because Michigan... It's going to be interesting because Michigan would then have two losses, two losses in the conference after they lost earlier this year as well. They would look at it as, okay, if we lose, there's a chance if Ohio State wins, they're at number two, they're going to be solidified in a top four. And if Penn State goes on wins and goes to the Big Ten title game and they went, well, fuck it. If it's a if it's a Penn State-Wisconsin battle for the Big Ten title, it wouldn't matter who would win that game. There's a possibility that with an Ohio State win, we could be set up for Team A, Team B, and then two teams from the Big, T- Big Ten in the college football playoff. That could happen because the thing that's going to be very interesting is, and I'll throw this question at you. I'm going to throw this at you. You are now on the committee, Brandon. Congratulations. I have appointed you to the college football playoff committee. Congratulations. Not a place I think I want to be right uh, now. Here's your decision that you have to make. Ohio State wins. They are number two. They win, but they they don't play for their conference championship. Let's say at this point Penn State beats Wisconsin because it really doesn't matter who wins that game, but we'll just say Penn State. You as a committee member, 
if was if Washington, Alabama, Clemson, and Oklahoma all won their conference championships. You have those four teams plus Ohio State plus Penn State. Do you put two Big Ten teams in? And if you do, who are the other two that get in out of the four Power Fives out of Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Washington? That's the situation I, we're going to be in. I've if, if 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 you end up in that situation, if you end up in that situation. And Oklahoma does not have, does not have a conference loss. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma's going to find their way in there. They got to be in there, right? Because they'd be undefeated in conference. I'd put them in there if I was on the committee. And the situation happened the way that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. I would have Oklahoma in there. So Oklahoma would be in. Oklahoma would be in. Alabama would be in. That's two. Oklahoma and Alabama. Ohio State's the tricky one because they would be number two. They would have beaten Michigan, but then they would have had a week off. So does that week off, do they get penalized for that? Do they get penalized because they lost one game and didn't get a chance to play for the conference title? That's going to be the decision that we make. So you have Oklahoma and you have Alabama. Two good choices. One's undefeated in conference, one's undefeated Overall, if we say they went out, hmm. uh, possibly, possibly Clemson. So there's three. So there's three, and then really, it's Ohio State or Penn State. Do you take the cop? Do you take the conference championship? The conference championship or the better record? <laughs> it's it's hard, am I for, wrong? For me, I would probably go with the... The better record. Yes. That's what you want to lean to. No, it's actually... No, it's not. So I, I want to go with the conference champ- championship. So you put Penn State in. See, me, I'm on the other side to where... I think that this Michigan State-Ohio State game doesn't just have implications on the Big Ten. It has implications on every single Power 5 team in the country. Because you look at them right now, the ones that we're going to be looking at for the college football playoff at the end of the year. Alabama, if they went out, pretty safe bet that they're going to be in. I would say Clemson's pretty safe too if they win out. So to me, those are one, those are two that are like, okay, if you win out, you're pretty safe. Washington and Oklahoma, I would think, I would think that they should be rooting. And I talked to I talked to Sean about this today because he is all worried. He is sweating, he is panties in a jumble over this game. Because he's sitting there going, well, fuck it, Washington's not going to be in the playoff. He's like, fuck it, they're not going to get in. Because he thinks Ohio, I think he believes that Ohio State's going to win the game. But if you're a if you're a Husky or a Sooner fan, you're rooting for Michigan to win out. Because if Michigan wins out, Ohio State's out, Penn State's out, they're not even in the discussion. So then you got three teams, Alabama, Michigan, Clemson. And then you can sit there and go, okay, take your pick. Take your pick. Conference title game or undefeated in the Big 12 regular season. Then it's like, okay, I can deal with that. But if Ohio State wins, I think you got to put both in. If Ohio if Ohio State and Penn State win, and Penn State win, actually, no. If Ohio State and Penn State win, I think you get two Big 10 teams no matter what. Because I think either Wisconsin or Penn State, the two that would be playing in the Big 10 title game, would be good enough to be in. So I think if Ohio State wins and Alabama and Clemson win out, I think the college football playoff is Alabama, Clemson, Penn State or Wisconsin, Ohio State. You can't pen- to me you cannot penalize Ohio State for winning this game 
just because they lost one game and can't play for the conference title. This is going, like, and this brings up the conversation of every single year since we've had this thing. It's gotten crazier and crazier. Well, then where does where where's Oklahoma fall then? If they if they did well and they win out, where does that where does that put them then? Five, I'd put them first one out. I would put them first one out. I would put Washington at six. Yeah, that's how I would do it. I would have Alabama one, Clemson two, and this is assuming that. Alabama, Clemson, Washington, and um, Oklahoma win out. I would have Alabama 1, Clemson 2. I would have the Big Ten winner, so either Penn State or Wisconsin, whoever wins that game at 3, because of the conference championship, and then Ohio State. And the reason... So you don't even... So so you're not even having uh, Michigan finding a way in there. Michigan would be probably eight. Michigan would be seven no matter what. Michigan would this be is, seven. This is if Michigan loses. Mm-hmm. Because I think Michigan with two losses, there's no way they'd be ranked above Washington or Oklahoma. And here's a thing I just thought about in my head that is making me go even crazier. And I don't want to say it, but I'm going to because you guys know how I am. I'm going to change it. If Penn State win, if Penn State would have, if Penn State's the hypothetical winner, then we have two teams in the um, in the college football playoff. Because if Ohio State beats Michigan and is eleven and one and eight and one in the conference, I think that Penn State with the conference title and a win over Ohio State, who would be a playoff team to me is better than Washington, better than Oklahoma. If Wisconsin wins, though, then I would not. I would lean towards not having two Big Ten teams in because I look at their schedule and they would have lost to both Michigan and Ohio State. So to me, if Wisconsin wins the Big Ten championship over Penn State, then I would go Alabama, Clemson, Washington or Oklahoma, take your pick, and then Ohio State. If Penn State would win over Wisconsin, I'd have Alabama, Clemson, Penn State, Ohio State. And that's a mouthful. That is a mouthful to think about. This game is going to have, and I've the key word for this segment, Brandon, implications. Because this one game is going to make everything muddy. The cleanest situation we have, Michigan wins. It's the cleanest situation we have. What I predicted at the beginning of the season is the cleanest situation. It's the cleanest one. Otherwise, we get the whole Mad Hatter situation that's been going on in my head. It's like ping pong balls bouncing around in there, thinking about everything that we could see. But at the end of the day, I'll ask you the easiest question. Who wins this game, Michigan or Ohio State? Michigan. I just made it really easy for you. Yeah, I I can't go against my prediction. I cannot. I just I, I can't I can't go against my prediction from the beginning of the season. Michigan is going to win this game on the road at Ohio State. Can we move on? Can I can I clear my brain a little bit, Brandon? Is it is it okay? Do you think we've touched enough on Michigan Ohio State? I uh, a little bit. Okay, we touched okay. a little bit on there. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna clear my brain, but before I do, I gotta ask you guys. Let us know down below what you guys think. What's gonna happen? What do you think? How, based on your prediction for this game, how would it affect your college football? And I want you guys. I'm gonna ask you for this one. Get a little specific on me. Get a little specific. Let me know the nitty gritty of what you guys think. I want to get into what you guys are thinking for the college football playoff. But Brandon. Moving on to our last topic, and this one should be an easy one because we're only talking about one team when it comes to the college football playoff. Oklahoma, they're a team last year, snuck their way right into the four spot. And with a win next week over the Cowboys of Oklahoma State, Brandon, they could be back at it again with the White Vans and be undefeated in the Big 12 for the second year in a row. And number four 
in the college football playoff. Yeah, you know, I think that I think that's a big thing for Oklahoma. I think that they get that win next week, that would be huge. And I I think that you know, I really do think that if they could do that, then they could very much position themselves to be primed for a playoff spot. And I know in the last segment, we we and you uh, went all around the different scenarios, up mm-hmm. and down. What could happen? This could happen. This could happen. This, you know, two teams from the Big Ten could get in. <laughs> Neither, no teams from the Big Ten could get in. Blah 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 blah. But I, I just was like, wow. But if Oklahoma can win out, they they will be a perfect nine and zero in the conference, ten and two overall. But it's like they won the Big 12 again. Mm-hmm. And I think that even though there's no title conference game. title game, they still have spoken volumes mm-hmm. and made a case for themselves as to, hey, look at us. We are good yet again. Mm-hmm. Two losses early in the first three weeks. Two losses in the first three weeks. They got their crap together. But they were quality losses. They were quality losses. And today, I'm going to I'm gonna talk a little bit and explain something. I want you to, if you don't already, Brandon, I want you to pull up that graphic that you tweeted at us earlier today because I want you to read that for everyone. But earlier today, before we recorded the podcast, we were getting into it, a little college football discussion on the Twitters. And I got to give a shout-out to... A uh, loyal fan of Most Valuable Podcasts and one of our patrons on Patreon, uh, Trevor Kinney from, uh, I want to say he lives in Ohio, although he is a Louisville fan. That's why I thought he was always in Kentucky. So, hey, Trevor, how's it going? But we were getting into a college football discussion with myself, you, Sean, Trevor, Rocky Jack, the Wisconsin fan, butted in from time to time. And the big thing with that Oklahoma that, my thoughts are at is if Oklahoma wants to get in, they need to win against the Cowboys next week because it's one of those things where it doesn't matter that you have a title game or don't have a title game. A conference championship is a conference championship. And, it's here's the exact tweet that I said. I said if OU wins out, then they'd have a real conference champ. They'd be undefeated in Big Twelve play, and that's something that I think would help them. Plus, I said also true because that might knock Ohio State down a bit in the quality loss department. That was talking about the Michigan Ohio State game. If Ohio State wins and Oklahoma wins next week, that just helps them better because. That Ohio State loss looks even better. Like, hey, we lost, we lost, but that was the second best team in the country we lost to. Don't knock us for that. And then that win against Louisville that Houston had, Oklahoma's probably sitting there going, yes, right on, brother. Keep going. Keep winning that game because that makes that loss look a little bit better. So it makes the two losses that they have a little bit better so that you can't knock them when you compare them to, let's say, a Washington who lost to a USC team that got blown out by Alabama. And I know what you're saying. You're probably like, Ricky, it's Alabama. Everybody gets blown out by Alabama. But if you are ready, Brandon, I want you to uh, share that graphic that you uh, shared with me and Sean early today on Twitter. Yeah, this is something that uh, Paul Feinbaum had actually um, tweeted out earlier. Sure it's not Finnebaum? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it's not anymore. Uh, but uh, according to 538 Sports, best chance to reach playoffs: Alabama at 89, mm-hmm. Clemson 78, Ohio State at 59, Oklahoma 39 percent behind them. Michigan at 35, Washington at six, 34 percent, Wisconsin 28 percent. Colorado, 16%. Oklahoma State, 9%. And tied with them, Penn State at 9%. So Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma, as of today, 538, 
projecting that those four have the best chance to make it to the playoffs. But then again, remember, Ricky, that it was just hours before the election in the United States the that they projected that Donald Trump would lose. Mm-hmm. I mean, these and these polls, you could call them, it's just one of those things where it's going to change each week to week, like Oklahoma with them not playing this weekend. Boom, that Michigan-Ohio State game finishes, boom, changes all of these these percentages of who's going to win. The two thi- the two teams that were interest the most interesting to me were Washington and Oklahoma. And as Brandon was reading that you probably noticed that Oklahoma has a higher percentage than Washington to reach the college football playoff. And I know people like Sean, who are Husky supporters, are immediately saying, well, well, that's ludicrous. We blew out our opponents, and look at how many games we won, and we lost to a good Trojan team. It's like I said a few, it was a week or maybe two weeks ago on this same program, Brandon. I said it, and it's going to come back to bite the Huskies right in the rear end. You didn't play tough enough opponents. You didn't. You look at the non the non conference for the Huskies, Rutgers, Idaho, and Portland State. Really? Really? That's who you played? Then in your conference, yeah, you played number seven Stanford. Where have they been lately? Seventeen Utah. That's a good one. I'll, I'll give you that. They were a good opponent. You lost to USC, and yes, USC is rising right now, and you still have to play a Washington State team, even though I think it would have helped Washington better if Washington State would have beaten Colorado because they would have been ranked higher for this one. But then you still might have to play Colorado in the Pac-12 title game. Whereas I look at Oklahoma, they played 15 Houston. They lost by 10. They played number three at the time, Ohio State, got blown out, but that's a good Ohio State team, so you could take that. TCU 21. They blow out West Virginia, who is ranked 14, blow them out of the water, and then will have to beat number 11, Oklahoma State. And you might be saying, well, Ricky, the, the averages might be in favor of Washington. No, they're not. It's all about... A, your non-conference schedule, and where you play your ranked opponents in your conference schedule. Oklahoma's lucky. They they played the two high-ranked opponents at the end of the year when they were 14-11. and 11. Oklahoma State's not going to fall too hard after they lose to Oklahoma, if they lose to Oklahoma, I should say, if they lose, because I'm not an Oklahoma supporter. If they lose to Oklahoma, they're not going to fall that far. And honestly, you you could say, hey, Ricky, they lost to Houston and Ohio State. Yeah, but you know what? I re- If I was on the committee, Brandon, I would almost give Oklahoma more credit than Washington because at least they had the cojones to schedule those games and play those opponents and not play Rutgers, Idaho, and Portland State. True. That's why Washington's probably not going to be in the playoffs. I think that's a I think that's a really good point to bring up. I think that uh, you know it, it 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 a lot of it really takes a look at the schedule too. I mean, some you you named off you rattled off a number of places where it's mm-hmm. like really, really that's who you play. That's who mm-hmm. you scheduled. That's not gonna that's not going anywhere against anybody. You mm-hmm. know, I I just I think that that's a huge thing to point out. But if that's if that's how it is, then. You know that's that's how it is. That's you're you're not going to get in with that then, and I think that that speaks to. You know, I think that speaks to the teams that 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 do want to get in, and the teams that they just want to have a good record. Well, and it also comes down to the fact of, and I was listening to the herd last week. I want to say, and he brought up how college football is the only sport where if you lose a game or two in September or a game or two in August, boom, season shot. Not making it to the playoffs where you could have a craptastic 
year in non-conference and college basketball, win your conference, and you're in March Madness. NBA, we see it all the time. Teams struggle at the beginning, get hot at the end, get to the playoffs, win it all. Same thing in the NFL, same thing in baseball. College football, you have two losses early on, and people write you off right away. You're done, no playoff for you. But the one thing I wanted to add, and I mean, one of them is kind of biased because their conference is loaded with high-level ranked teams, but the non-conference games, like look at Alabama. They went out and played ranked USC game one on a neutral field. Didn't even play them at home. On a neutral field, went out and played them. The Tigers went out and played Auburn. Yeah, they weren't ranked, but said, hey, we're going to go and play Auburn at Auburn to start the season. We're going to start on the road against an SEC team. Then you look at like Michigan, to me, they're the ones where they're kind of, you could look at them and kind of say they are almost like Washington, Hawaii, Central Florida. Are you kidding me? Colorado was their saving grace, though, with being a quality team. And then you look at Wisconsin. Who did they play week one? And they beat them. They said, hey, you know what? We're going to play LSU, number five ranked LSU, game number one. That's what you need to do. That's what you need to do. You need to go out there and play better opponents. And bringing this right back to the team that this is circled around, that's why Oklahoma's chances of making the college football playoff are so high. Because even though they lost, they went out there and they played Houston and they played Ohio State, and then they're if they win one more game, they'll win their conference. So win your conference, play opponents that... Now, the one thing that does help Oklahoma that Ohio State is doing so good and are number two in the country, because if Ohio State had a season like Stanford, then I don't think we're talking about Oklahoma. If Ohio State was unranked and falling off the face of the earth like Stanford did this season, or vice versa. If Stanford is in this discussion, that would boost up Washington a little bit more. But, Swanee, before we wrap everything up, is there anything with Oklahoma that you think that uh, that we might have missed? I think we got it. So, okay. You guys know what we do at the end of every podcast. Before I do all my house cleaning and uh, bring out the broom and make sure that uh, everything is swept under the rugs because really that's how I clean. I just uh, put all the dust under the rug. How we finish every podcast is the same old segment. Swanee, what are your final thoughts? So here it's interesting. So Texas is completely leaving Charlie Strong and the entire Longhorn. Uh, I, I think the entire Longhorn team in in, in limbo, and, and they have really put them in an awkward situation, but eerily similar to last year's LSU situation with Les Miles. And I think that this is something that unfortunately has become now a a reoccurrence and something that cannot happen. And I think that speaks, again, as I said it earlier on the show, I think that it speaks to the level of respect between organization and coach. And if there is no respect there, then the coach needs to move on for himself. And I think that right now, Charlie Strong needs to move on for himself to help save his career. Because right now, I think Texas has, in a sense, almost painted him out to be a guy of who's holding them back. And right now, I think that Texas is holding Texas back with the way that they are treating their people, with the way that they can't stand behind their people, and, and that they don't have a full grasp of their staff to not leak something out to the media. Unfortunately, they did. So in this one, Charlie Strong, do better for yourself, my man, and get out of there. Well, that's going to do it for the Primetime Podcast this week. Let us know what you thought about anything. Our first topic and kind of Swanee's final thoughts, the whole Charlie Strong situation with Texas. What do you think about the Michigan-Ohio State game coming up this weekend? And then also... Oklahoma and their playoff chances and really how that kind of goes against with Washington because those two teams are going to be fighting for that college football playoff spot. But that's going to do it 
for the Primetime Podcast. If you have not already, hit that follow button on Blog Talk Radio. Hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. Also, go ahead and check out our Patreon at patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. Just another way for you guys to help support the channel to make sure that we can do cooler and better things for you guys. We love all of our patrons, and this is the part of the podcast where I also thank all of our patrons and their support each and every month to make sure that we can keep doing this cool stuff for you. I want to thank you guys all one more time for listening this week. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.